Thanks to today's sponsor, Running Heroes, the free app that rewards you for running. Download today for your chance to win amazing prizes just for running. All you have to do is simply download the free app, connect your Garmin or other activity tracker, and enter the free challenges for your chance to win amazing prizes from watches to running shoes to holidays. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to episode number 239 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Big show coming at you. All the news out of the pre-classic over in the States. Some big Australian performances there. Some uh, training talk, listener question chat. Some Noosa Marathon Festival results. Jales Park, uh, not Jales Park. What are we doing, Moose, on the weekend? St. Anne's Winery. Round two of the, the, a- the AV stuff. The Bendigo race. A bit of news there. And all the usual stuff that comes up on the podcast each and every week. Welcome to my co-host, coming to you from a cold Canberra, I'm sure, Bradley mm-hmm. Croker. Yes, winter has arrived. Left left the coast this morning and we got drove into Canberra and like middle of the day it was like six degrees and it's like this all week. So uh, yeah, it might be a few treadmill runs this week. Yeah, it's kind of come as a bit of a shock, hasn't it? It's rolled around quick, the coolish, coolish weather, but we'll be right um, other co-host, Dan and Anglesey, back in the racing circles this past weekend. Julian Spence, welcome to you. Yeah, pin pin the bib on, mate. Pin two bibs on, front and back. Yeah, that's what you got to do, don't you? First one's got the timing chip. What is yeah. the back bib for? No idea. Probably at the finish line for trying to identify um, finishes. That's my only thing. Maybe it, it's got, oh, no, nah, not during the race. It doesn't really show, like, what division you're in, does it? Mm, no, it so, doesn't. I don't know about the back bib. A bit quicker than a jog, Moose. Yeah, well, <laughs> the uh, the team the team went to shambles on Saturday morning. All the um, all the withdrawals came through. So so I was number six by the time we got to the start line, which meant my time was counting in the uh, Premier Division. Big Premier Division boy here. Talk us, mm. tell us about your week leading in, and then yeah, roll into the race because I'm also interested to know. Because it was much quicker than I expected this time last week when we were talking about it. First session back. First session, first long run, (laughs) (laughs) first everything. Uh, Yeah, no, I I ran on the Monday, which which was, what, the 23rd? Um, Is that right? Yeah, sounds about right, yep. No, I didn't. I ran on the Tuesday. Ran um, 32 minutes, so got my run in. Um, no, no dramas at the moment, so it's all feeling good. I don't really feel like I need to do any more at this point. Um, went out for a ride the next day. Pretty nice morning, but yeah, there's something wrong with my back tire. I keep going flat, so I carry a pump, so I pump it at the top of the hill. <clears throat> then I just rolled back down into town on a flat top, like there's something real wrong with it. 
and then uh, ended up home. So an hour or 50 minutes of riding uh, up to conference, which uh, like the running company have like an internal conference Thursday. I went up Wednesday night and ran Thursday morning. So we kind of run as a group. Uh, I don't know why it's only got one tag in here, but I, I ran, oh, because everyone else went a bit further. So, yeah, just left the hotel, went down one lap of the tan, back to the hotel, but it was pretty much dark for most of the way around the tan, so you don't quite get the full tan experience. But it's such a good place to run the tan. Like, people, good vibes down there. I mean, when I say good vibes, like a lot of runners, when you're, when you, like, you would, you would, rec- both of you would recognize this being from where you run by yourself a lot when you get into an area where there's just a ton of runners it's a it's a good feeling because pe- there's just people doing your sport and it's, it's sort of i got passed at one point by like by by a girl in a pair of long tights with a crop top full influencer style and i think she was carrying her phone as well and i'm like oh this hurts getting passed along the bottom of the tan and then you got to the hill walking at the top so that felt that was my first little win for the week passing her back up the hill uh next no i didn't do anything the next day i ran yeah so woke up saturday was always going to come out and do this race we had a bus going for geelong but yeah by like i'm going to say it was about 8 30 the uh the, the there were a few sick runners that couldn't make the trip down to bendigo and so I was hoping to jog around in Div 5, like just basically irrelevantly in Div 5 because we weren't going to get enough for a Div 5 team anyway. So I was just going to jog. But then when the six point, and then when I became the six, like the scorer, Div 6, I thought, oh, shit. I don't know what's going to happen here, but uh, there's a chance that I might push a bit <laughs> harder. And... We started, so we were out there. The course looked like I didn't really look at the course. I did a uh, two-minute warm-up, just jogged down and back, like along the start to see where the corner was. And then I um, then I found myself in, like, there were six Geelong runners, so we all start up front. And the Premier Division teams have a, have a slot up the front that they can start in. And so I thought, yeah, I better start up here with the team. But the gun goes, and... 200 runners go past me, I'm going to say within 400 metres. And I ran a 3.35 first K without even realising or wanting to or knowing that I did it, just because of the swamp or the, like, army of people that went past me. And I thought, oh, no, what's ha- what is happening? This is going to be really difficult to try to, to jog this one. And then I called up to Grant, who was... Grant Simpson, who's Geelong runner, caught, the, caught up to him, I was going to say about 500 metres, and he was going backwards like me. He'd gone out a bit too hard, and I thought, all right, I'm going to stay with Grant the whole run. So I just ran next to Grant, and he had a pretty tough day, and so I, like, I just stayed next to him and made sure that he didn't bleed too much time <laughs> and that we, um, we finished relatively strong together. So we like we we sort of moved through the field a little bit, but we also got passed by a number of people. So I reckon we probably maintained our um, I reckon we maintained our position. I finished a hundredth, 
that was 29.08 or something for 8K. I ran about 340s, a little bit quicker maybe. And that um, that got you 100th place. And this was a pretty tough course, mind you. Like no good footing in any spots and very up and down. So I, I, I was pretty amazed that I'd come 100th, to be honest. That shows some real depth. But the team finished well and then we had a great trip home and I reckon Geelong culture rebuilding, unity building within the team got a real uh, got a really good sort of potential this this team. Uh, we finished 7th overall. Brady obviously yeah, we'll talk I'm about that one. Yeah, just actually opened that. So yeah, so did Grant not score for your team? He was your 7th. No, he was you he was, him. was he, he was 98th and you were 100th. No, no. I, I was the 5th scorer. You were 98, it says here. There must have been a couple of individual guys oh, in front of you. Yeah, yeah. So you're 100th on the results, but you scored 98 points for your team. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was 100th um, in the race, though. So. And Grant's that 100-point guy. Grant's the – no, Grant – oh, yeah, he would be. He was two spots behind me. Yeah. Um, yeah, you guys had a good day, 353 points, 7th overall of the 11 teams. Not far we lost off uh, St. Stephen's as well. Yeah, we, look, we lost Uni. a couple of scorers, mm-hmm. but – it's coming back. Like, that's Bendigo. That's the furthest trip we have to make, and that's always hurts the numbers. Uh, and then, like, yeah, we, we, pro- we might not be strong this year, but I think if we get the culture going, coming back where there's an expectation that you, you show up and, and you run regardless of how it fits in with, like, your individual program or whatever, then, then that's going to help for next year, and I'm looking forward to it being part of the rest of the season and I just loved like the best bit right we're running past blokes I see a guy up ahead I'm like Grant that bloke's got to div one singlet on we we need to pass him we need to collect points that he is get collecting for himself right now and his team and so it's like for the next K we're just look we're just lack, like locked on his singlet and then we pass him and I look ahead I'm like Grant since Steven's up ahead we need to pass that mm. guy and it's just really cool like that. Like every single position counts yeah. and you're running not just for your own little bit of glory or your own PBs or whatever. You're running because those points contribute to uh, other people doing well and you celebrating together. And fuck, I mean, this is the best. Being back for one race, I haven't done cross country as a team since 2015, I reckon. And this just feels like it, like it's home again. Like it should this is what I like about running. Yeah, it was good to see you back there. And we should explain, so if people aren't familiar where you finish in the race, that's how many points you get for your team. First six people count, the lowest team wins the round. Um, yes. So the point, yeah. you know, Andy Buchanan racing off for the first and second, that one point's just as important as the person racing for 99th and 100th. Like it's it's literally one point towards your score. And then the scores, yeah, are often pretty close. Like it can be the difference between three or four positions if your team, um, you know, wins or comes second in a round. Mm. Yeah, that's, it's it's so simple, right? It is. It's very, yeah. Yeah. It's simple like that. Like you versus the guy next to you, you're going to score this many points. He's going to score more than you, which is not a good thing because he's finishing further down. And the back, the back like it gives people incentive to run hard. Yeah, and the the depth is what you also touched on. Like in the results here, you ran twenty nine oh eight. If I just go like twenty seconds 
quicker than that, that would be like 10 positions. Like, oh, yeah. there's a lot was, of points it up is for grabs pretty then. easy, yeah. And if I, I went if you 20... look at 50th and took off 20 seconds, that would be a big thing. Big difference. Yeah, it is. It's nearly 20 positions. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's very important. Every position counts kind of thing. But it was good to see him in person. Croaks back in the flesh. He was in a pretty, up, pretty good mood. Yeah, now, oh, it, it oh, was it the fun. smartest thing to do? It was not the smartest thing. Everyone knows that. It's yeah. an obvious, like, obviously, it wasn't the smartest thing. However, geez, when I, like, I finished, my legs were jelly. My quads were shaking. They were that, um, they were that, like, beat up. And then... I don't cool down because my, my mileage for the day is done. Um, and so I just sort of go back to the tent, pack the marquee up while everyone goes off and jogs their cool down and um, sit in a bus for two and a half hours. Oh, the next day I woke up and it was pure doms, like pure marathon feels like someone's got a hammer and just like whacked my quads up and down. Also had sore hamstrings and my adductors are very sore as mm. well. The adductors are the one, that's what I noticed when I came back in January, February, going out for just an easy run, like, yeah, my adductors were always really, really sore. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and, like, when you said that you were just going to run with Grant, it sounds like it ended up being pretty much close to an all-out effort for you by the end of it. You, yeah, well, normally at cross-country, you go too hard early because there's a sprint off the line. You've got to find yourself a place by the first corner, and then you settle in, but by that stage you've already sort of peaked the heart rate and, and you're, you're lactic pretty early. Whereas I didn't feel lack, like I was pretty under control the whole, whole way, but my heart, I mean, I had a wrist, the wrist heart rate on. It looked like it was really high. It actually looks and pretty accurate though here. I'm not, yeah. When and you look at the map, it's pretty steady, like it stays, stays pretty even. Pretty, yeah, I, I could have gone, I, I reckon I could have run a minute faster. So there was definitely breaks on throughout the run, um, but the the muscles, like aerobically, I handled it okay. But the muscles did not handle it very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the course? First time this course, two four k laps. Yeah, course was good. I actually really liked. Um, I really liked the ups and downs through the vineyards. Like you run through the the uh, vines, so you know how there's rows of vines. Well. At one point, you got the option to pick the row you wanted to run down. I thought that was pretty cool. That was cool, um, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of, like, switch pack type things. A couple of um, sharp, steep hills, uh, which, like, if you're a good downhill runner, you can um, you can take advantage on them. And then no flat spots. So there was not a single spot that I remember where we ran and it was flat. So that's, a, that's the sign of a good cross-country course. Footing terrible which is, again, a good sign of cross-country course. Uh, you can't really find a, um, a smooth spot to put your foot, which I got sore ankles and sore feet um, after the, like today, just because I think my ankle was rolling so much out there. It was like cow paddocks, and it was cambered nearly the whole way. So, like, you're on the side of the hill running across the hill. Nothing's cut in. You're literally just on the side of the hill. So yeah, it's true cross country. I thought it was, um, it was, it it fits the uh, like the tradition of that type of course, like that Lardner Park course. Mm. He got introduced in the start line, Croaks. 
and oh. going through like the favourites, and then like we've got we've got two fourteen <laughs> marathoner, two thousand and whatever year it was, nineteen eighteen world championship representative Julian Spencer, he's in the starters, in the starters pen. That's the reason he ran a three thirty first k. You know, just I been didn't, pumped up. <laughs> I didn't need that actually. I appreciated it big time, but geez, I didn't need it. On the, and everyone's looking around like this guy. This guy? <laughs> This guy's like, and um, that first K, I went from the front of the field, front line, to to 150th, I reckon, and um, and that was within, I reckon that was within 200 meters. I had 150 people go past me. Yeah, uh, that, it's 340 wild. people raced, so that would make yeah. sense. Yeah, it's wild. The, you're the guy the Divi two guys get pissed off about. They're like, we well, yeah, should be but, starting up there. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw the Mentone boys. Oh boy, Michael Kernahan. He came. I don't know how he started so far back, but him and um, Seth O'Donnell, those folks charged around like full on sprinting. I had the Frankston fellas yeah, the push Frankston around me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Frankston guys. So um, I was getting I was getting passed by a lot of guys that well were clearly way better than me. But guess what? We're in. We earned our spot up there. True, they did. They did both there. score better scores than you guys, though. Two seventy and two ninety two. Doesn't matter. But different. We're division. not competing against them. If we needed to beat them, we'd beat them. <laughs> that, they're the singlets you would have been talking to for Grant. Get the Mentone <laughs> singlet, Grant. Get it. No, no, not required. We're talking Bendigo. He was picking Nigel fifty more meters. He got Nigel Presto covered, but yeah. we didn't. Nigel was in our um. He was in our Div 4 team. He was yeah. our sixth runner of our Div 4 team. Yeah, well, we would have liked that singlet. We would have liked the Bendigo singlets we go a bit harder for. Yeah, okay. Lately. Keep going. That's good. Uh, Croaks, tell us about your week. Uh, yeah, so Monday, my standard hour loop, um, except I thought I was going to spend the night in Mulligan. So at, there at the moment doing like kangaroo culling. And so the reserve is basically closed between six and six, um, yeah, during the week. And so I ran at four thirty, and so I was I was exiting the reserve at like before five thirty, and I went to open up the door to exit, and it was locked, and I was just like, oh shit, how? And because it's like an electric fence around the reserve, so it's not you know it's not like I can even climb the fence, <laughs> otherwise I'm just <laughs> going to get electrocuted. So I ended up I was like there's another gate you could open up and then run next to the electric fence up the hill and there's another um, door to go through up there and I was hoping that that one was unlocked which it was so um, yes that was my run there just an hour for so Crokes this this, is this a fully fenced in nature reserve yeah all directions so it's like a full box like Jurassic Park style yeah pretty much well you've been there you You go through a you you have to open up a door like a door yeah, you go through the door, and then um, on my long runs, I go through the other side and go through another door. Um, so, so I reckon in the reserve, there's probably, what, one, two, three, four, I don't know, like 10 different, like, gates, doors that you sort of go through. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so well, how the kangaroos, they come in there, shoot the kangaroos? Yeah, because um, they've got all of these, like, protected, like, species of animals and stuff in there. So, it's like, it's a big, it's a big thing here, it's, this Mulligan's Flat Reserve. Like, they do, um, like, night tours through there. Um, How yeah, do the so. roos get in there, then, if there's an electric fence around the outside? 
Or is that yeah, I don't, I don't know. Do they also, they also, they cull there, but they also cull like just outside. There's a couple of different reserves that um, border Mulligan's Flat, so they cull there as well. But it always happens this time of year that um, the reserves not always uh, open, which is generally like you know when it's dark. What would have you done if you couldn't get out of there? Did you? Have <laughs> I don't fun? know. No, I didn't have a phone. I, I don't know. Like I would have, Slept I would have there. just assumed that. I don't know. Like the ranger or whatever mm. was still around because when it says that it's not been locked till six, like you assume that, you know, it's okay. Cause I, same thing happened a few years ago, but it was actually going the other way. It's like, it was meant to be open at nine o'clock in the morning and I went to get in and the door was locked. So I couldn't actually run in there. Um, which is obviously a better problem to have because you're not stuck in yeah. there, but no, it all, all worked out fine. Um, Tuesday morning, jumped on the treadmill, did 35 minutes at 4.37s, and then uh, track session for Tuesday night. Uh, session that I did was two sets of 10 400s, 30 seconds between the reps and three minutes between the sets. So I hadn't done 400s off 30 seconds recovery for about probably like six weeks. And the last time I did it, I did 18 straight. Um, but this time I, I thought, uh, I'd just break it up into two sets of 10 and, um, yeah, it was, it was much easier way to do it. Uh, and there was a, a slight improvement from last time. So the first set averaged, uh, like probably like just over 70. Uh, and then the second set was just over 69, um, which I felt aerobically very strong. Like I, I felt like I was recovering really well in the 30 seconds. The, the issue I had was just the neuromuscular fatigue. Like I obviously don't do a lot of running it what 250 kilometer pace and you end up running close to 8k's worth uh, even though you know you're getting rest and you're getting three minutes between the sets but um that neuromuscular fatigue really started to sort of well, i just noticed it even though i was feeling like aerobically quite strong um but i think it's a good session like when you're doing a lot of volume um it just sort of keeps a little bit of speed there in the legs um, should, without like, yeah as you said though it's 8k worth of work at 250 255 like it's when you look at it that way mm. you should be feeling it yeah yeah but i was happy with it. i was happy with how i felt doing it that's yeah um and, and the good thing about for me doing this sort of session is it actually stops me from going out and running like 65s which you know we've had the conversation before when i've done that and it's like well you're too old to be running that shit whereas 69 70s i feel like i can sort of get away with um yeah so that was tuesday uh, Wednesday, did an hour 45, uh, pretty much the same loop that I did the week before, 402s, uh, 26K. Thursday, 45 minutes, um, so it was about 11K. And then Friday morning, we were, we were heading down to the coast for the long weekend. And originally, I was going to go down and do a session on the – there's only really one flat area in Ulla, or around Ulladulla. It's narrow Wally flat. Um, there's like a 1,600-meter loop you can do. So I was going to do like a longer session out there just to sort of – because most of my long sessions or continuous sessions have been on the treadmill. The only session I've done outside since I pretty much started back training in February was the uh, six-minute reps that I did in Wagga. Um, everything else has been on the treadmill. But I figured by the time we got down there, I probably wouldn't have felt like doing a session in the afternoon. So I, I just jumped on the treadmill, uh, did – the session i've done a few times now so it's three sets of eight minutes tempo two minutes pretty solid and then 90 seconds uh jog so for this i did the eight minutes at 320 kilometer pace the two minute reps at three minute k pace 
and the 90 second jog at four minute k pace so um yeah i was happy with happy with how that felt um so it's pretty much 10 k's worth of work uh in 33 minutes then got down to Ulladulla, went for about 35 minutes um from home down to this narrow wally flat and back uh 402s then an hour saturday morning um yeah 15k uh, i was um and about doing a second run on saturday afternoon but um one it's not very flat down there two it's all on concrete and i knew i had like a pretty long and hard-ish run on um on sunday so i decided to just not do a double on the saturday and then sunday um so this is what five weeks out from gold coast and so um i obviously four weeks out is this coming weekend which is the week before launceston so i can't do anything really big that weekend i can't do anything big launceston weekend which is three weeks out so i thought well, i'll make this one big and then depending on how i'm feeling i might do something you know biggish two weeks out and then just have a two-week taper um because it's obviously not your traditional marathon sort of build so anyway i did uh about 29 and a half k um over sort of the hilly parts of Ulladulla. Uh i ran back past home after about 90 minutes and just picked up like a 250 mil pop top of electrolyte uh, and then headed over to Narrawally where uh, Viv, I met Viv and the kids there. So they brought over the, the alpha flies that I was going to change into. And then they were going to go to the beach and I was just going to meet them afterwards. So, yeah, did 29.5K or so at like low 350 average and then changed the shoes and did uh, about 6.5K at 315 average and then did a couple of K um to round it out to 38k total so average yeah 344s for the 38k um so yeah had had, had this is a good yeah. numbers here were you so just first up you were rolling like 345 350k pace in those on monsters before so, you changed to the alpha flies yeah so i did like an hour 55 <laughs> in the um yeah on monsters uh over hills like, yeah like it was, it's reasonably hilly like it's there's definitely some flat sections and some decent like stretches of downhill but what, what i find the hill the hills in Ulladulla are quite just punchy so you probably get a fair bit of elevation in you know a couple of a couple of climbs um but it's certainly i don't know i i feel like doing a solid couple of hours over the hills um sort of helps replicate the back end of the marathon a bit more when you do then do the tempo on the flat um yeah so average about i think it was like low 350s for the first hour 55 and then 315s for the six and a half k um yeah i had one gel at about 90 minutes and yeah the 250 mils of electrolyte just before i started the tempo um yeah i think the most look the most encouraging thing for me was even at the end of 38k like i stopped took off my shoes and headed over to the beach and like my legs just didn't feel banged up which you know which was a good sign um yeah why do you run so fast for the 315s yeah what pace is that for a marathon that two Uh, two seventeen. yeah pace moose get rid of the pacing job yeah well yeah that i guess that's my question like you're gonna pace the marathon at yeah 325s or something right yeah but then like hopefully i kick down and and maybe towards the end i'm actually running that pace if i'm if depending on how comfortable you know the first 25 30k is 
It no. seems like a waste of a marathon to me. <laughs> it it to I, I just want to get it. Like I haven't run one since 2018, Moose. So who even who not? Like I don't even know how I'm going to feel when I get to 30k. No. When you're doing 329 pace for your 2k warm downs, I think you're pretty fit. That whole week is ridiculous. Um, it's a good yeah. week. You are fit. You're going to feel fine running two 225 pace through halfway. Yeah, like I was happy with how it went. Like I definitely wanted to challenge myself a little bit and wanted to sort of feel that marathon sort of like burn like I, I don't know I, I probably don't feel like I really got there because I still felt like I was relatively full of running towards the end um, but I think by limiting you know like only having one gel in that whole time and 250 mils of electrolyte like I, I what I try to do is make it as uncomfortable as I can in the first couple of hours so that by the time I get to that 20 minutes at the end like it's almost mental it's almost tough mental training as well that you are a little bit depleted, um, you know, and you have run at a decent clip over the hills in the lead up to that. So, uh, but look, it was encouraging this week. Like I'm not going to do a session till probably Wednesday afternoon. Um, I might do like two by two by eight K or something on the weekend um, at like three twenties and then just two hours on Sunday. Um, and then obviously next week's going to be light before Launceston uh, and then the first half of the week after Launceston will be light. Um, yeah, so, like, there's not a lot of marathon-specific stuff that I'll be bet- doing between now and Gold Coast. Yeah. And oh, Anyway, so the week, yeah, week was about 158K. That's a great week. week. Two workouts and a, three workouts. Three workouts. Three and workouts with a long-run workout. Yep. With, with that hour 45 croaks, like the morning after the track workout, which was a good workout, is your you average four oh two? So like is your yeah. perceived effort? Because like when sometimes I get rolling, I'm like I'm running four ten. So like this, I feel like I'm rolling. Yeah. But like, are you putting the foot down a bit there? Or is uh, that depends. Come, coming so, easy the day after no, the workout. So, so it depends. So the week before after the hills, and I average about the same the four oh twos. That one felt very comfortable. Mm. Um, this one off the back of the track session was definitely a bit more of a grind. Um, but once again, like I. I feel like, you know, running a decent midweek long run, even off the back of the, even off the back of the session, like it, it does help. Like I reckon when I started to see improvements in my marathon, it was largely as a result of the Wednesdays off the back of the Tuesday. Yeah. Like I, I feel You're like intentionally it does, grinding. It, it, it does get me strong. Yeah. 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 And then I know that Thursdays, like I only do 45 minutes. And yep. then I generally don't do a session till the um till the Friday afternoon. So I I do have you know if I do it Wednesday morning, well, I have two and a half days I guess before I then have to do another session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. You fit. Any news from Gold Coast about um what group you'll potentially be pacing? No, I haven't. I haven't heard. Telling you what the sixty to eight minute group or something I reckon. <laughs> Try talk some yeah. girls into running that fast. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ho- like hopefully I'm on the the front girls group because then um i yeah i could still run probably a pretty decent time off that whereas if i'm 45 seconds slower through halfway like makes it a bit harder you got to run pretty quick in the second half to run like you know a decent time which goes to moose's point like will it get to a stage if they did say hey we want you for the second group that you'll say i'm just racing like i'm super fit i want to make the most of this fitness no i think i'll do it um because like even if I was if I was to run seventy minutes for the second half, which you know is not super like if I'm if I'm cruising through halfway like seventy minutes then is not super quick, 
um, like that would give me 222 something, you know, which is, you know, yes, it's not 217, but not having done a marathon since 2018, I think it's a, a, a respectable mark. And who knows? Who knows whether I can even run 222? I don't know. I do. I think you can run 217, 218. That, if 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 you don't week. think you can run 222 or if you're doubtful on that, then why you do your marathon pace at 315 at the end of the long run? Well, because I feel like at some point, like that's probably the pace I'm going to have to be running, like to, to try, you know, to kick to kick down. Yeah. This plus, it's real. only like it's only yeah. I'm only doing it for 20 minutes. So plus, I thought it's a one it's a one mile loop. So. Like I think it's reasonably accurate around there because I did do a 5k uh, two weeks before the Albert Park 10k that we did, and I remember that. Yeah, and I ran like just over 15 minutes for 5k there, and then ran 30:30 at Albert Park. So like, you know, I think I averaged 302s on my on my Garmin for this race, and averaged 301s at Albert Park. So, but but even then, like running the loop, I'm like, well, I'll give myself a little bit of buffer so that you know if i'm running 315s it may maybe it is only 320 oh yeah i'm just looking at this loop now it's my train and talk the other day this does not get a pass mark but if you look, <laughs> at least you, two turns per k yeah but if you so yeah, if you go and look in, if you go and look into the spiky bit there's no real big Actually, spikes the when i do the corners what what's that one um Four garmin runner. garmin uh, music 245 mm. so if you have a look like that's the one thing i did yeah, notice once you look not, at that there's not a lot of big spikes where it says I'm running 240 around a corner. No, but it drops down to three-minute pace. Yeah, but look at the last part. I was running close to that on the on the straight section. But, oh, yeah? Yeah. Anyway, like, it's probably, yeah, add a couple of seconds, and he's closer to 320s. Yeah. So, yeah. Did yeah. it feel like marathon effort? Yeah, yeah, like, I felt, I felt strong. Like, as I said, I think every time I've done these sessions, like, my legs have definitely felt, like, fatigued towards the end, whereas... Like I definitely could have just kept running, um, which I, I think the shoe technology helps because back when I was actually doing these type of sessions, it was what, 2017, 2018. So we had the super shoe, but the training shoes were, were not like they are now. So if I was out in like just a normal pair of Pegasus or whatever, doing my first two hours at 350s, my legs were way more banged up than if I'm wearing this super cushion shoe. So you get to the 30K mark when you're starting your like tempo section and you're way fresher than you used to be mm. that makes sense yeah, they, they help yeah they help i'm a uh, you know what the 2022 super shoe different story to the 2019 super shoe i'm a i'm, I'm, I'm an old <laughs> no i'm just saying that because i can't run fast anymore oh, and okay. and the default seems to be when you stop running fast, you start blaming the shoes yeah. and stay. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know, I know they help, and that's, I think that's one of the biggest benefits to them. Mm. How you can feel at the end of a long run, like yeah. that's so good to be like, able to see the like yeah. the finish line and have poppy legs still. Like I woke up this morning and like I had I had no soreness whatsoever, and like the only thing was this afternoon when I started running, like my first three k, I felt like pretty shit but like i'd also driven in the car for three, three hours um but then after that in like like my legs were probably a bit heavy heavier today than normal but like you know considering how far i'd run yesterday and at what pace like pulled up pretty well and i think it is the shoes 
Yeah, you still mm. average like four or eights, I think, today. Is that right? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. 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 Very good. Um, this time in two weeks, Croaks, me and you down in Launceston. What are you going to run yeah. there? I'm, oh, no. I'm very worried here, Moose. This oh, guy's got to smoke running, me. Can running, you just do a marathon workout on the Friday or something? Running two hours 22 at 3.44 is very different to 10K at three oh, minutes or faster. Got me concerned. I, don't, <laughs> I know personally I couldn't do that week that you just did, so I'm hoping I'm, I can do something different on race day. I'm, uh, look, I'm keen to have a good hit out, and I, I think what I'm looking forward to is after the last 10K, I feel like it brought my training up a little bit, and so I'm hoping that the same sort of hard 10K effort will just sort of bring training up a little bit more and just even make like marathon pace feel even easier. Yeah, I tell you about my week, fellas. Hey, whip through this. It's a pretty, uh, pretty straightforward week. Sixty minutes in the morning Monday for forty pace. Got out for thirty minutes in the afternoon at four thirty-eight pace. Did six by one k with Archie on the Tuesday. Plan was to do a bit of a one k over ten k pace, one k under ten k pace. So I plan to do the odd ones in three minutes and the even ones in two fifty-five. And we totally cooked it. Didn't um didn't happen at all. Archie led the first one in two fifty six, so that pretty much turned into one of our fast ones. But it felt like three, like we were pretty comfortable. It felt alright. So then I led the second one, aiming for the two fifty five, went two fifty three. Archie then I said put the brakes on, just run three minutes for this one. He ran two fifty two. Um, then I did put the brakes on and ran two fifty nine. And then the next one was meant to be fast, so he ran 2.44, I ran 2.47, and then we finished off in 2.52. Um, totally got it wrong. Um, yeah, it was, It was. I don't mind getting it wrong when you're not forcing it. Like it was never like we're looking at our watches saying, let's keep this going, let's kick this down. It was like we were trying to slow them down a bit, and they were just kind of, the fitness was hopefully rolling out of us and was, yeah, it felt like, Felt like on the day, like I averaged two fifty threes, and I think I could have probably run a five k at close to that pace um, if I you wanted to. You could run faster than that on You're that morning. No, I mean like on that morning. Like oh. if it's like, hey, could have you held on to that pace for five k at seven a.m. You know, long sleeve shirts on, stuff like that, gloves. I don't um, think that's his route. I don't. That's it's a hard thing to do. That it's it, yeah. You're better off using the fitness. I think you're better off using like the fitness that you could probably race at. I think that's a lot easier to go by uh, rather than like, oh, could I do it this morning or not? How are you going to know? Yeah, often true. You wa- often you wake up on race morning feeling shit and you have brilliant races. True. Put it this way, though, I would have preferred them to be closer to 10K to, than closer than 5K. That yeah. Makes it, yeah. And I, like, and I think was, it is more closer to 10K for you. 253. Well. I'm not sure I'm in 28.50 shape. But, yeah, hopefully, hopefully. It felt I right. actually think you're pretty fit, and based off your race, it's you're finishing with a lot of twenty nine low guys. Um, yeah, yeah, that was that was positive. So it was a good workout, and as I said, like it wasn't like we were looking at our watch forcing it. So that would be a completely different story if we were kind of getting caught up in that. Um, got out with yeah thirty minutes in the afternoon at four thirty threes. Wednesday did now forty five at four twenty twos, which was twenty four point two k. Got this bloke, I'm about to dob him into the police. He drives, he rides one of those like e-bikes, but he's got it all like hotted up. And every Wednesday morning I've been spotting him going over the new bridge on the footpath. And I reckon he easy goes like 60k an hour. Has like a motorbike helmet on. Um, it's just like, it's just way too fast for this guy to be like hooking around on footpaths and stuff. So um, I've spotted him for the second Wednesday in a row. And I said to Carly, I'm going to give the cops a call and just be like 7am, be here at this point. 
you'll book this guy pretty easy. So, and he strikes me as the kind of guy who's probably lost his license for drink driving. So he's got one of these e-bikes, like, I don't know, put a screwdriver in there somewhere, change the maximum speed, and he's just been humming across the bridge. So that was a highlight of that run. Uh, 6K in the Arvo, 431s. Thursday was my easy day. Did 50 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes at the afternoon. Um, Friday was kind of easy and strides before um, the race on Saturday. Actually caught up with a local guy, Alistair Evans. He's doing a big run, raising money for, for cancer awareness and fundraising. Um, he's going to run from Melbourne to Echuca in a couple of weeks' time. So um, I kept him company for about 45 minutes before I did some strides. So he's doing those big... I think he did 30k, no, he did 40k on Friday morning, then he did 30k on Saturday morning. So, um, yeah, you don't feel so bad when you've only got 50 minutes to get out there when you compare yourself to him. And then, yeah, the race you were talking about, Moose, St. Anne's Winery on the other side of Bendigo, uh, Ravenswood, I think it's called out there, 8k, good uh, good race. I came sixth position in the end. It was really close, actual finish between kind of racing was up for whoever was going to win our group was going to come fourth and then whoever was going to lose our group was going to come about 10th i actually missed the start i always thought they went whistle whistle gun so um they went whistle and i was just like chilling talking to people like just thinking we still had a bit of time up our sleeves and then they blew the gun and i um yeah i got pretty much yeah people going past me everywhere grabbed a couple of people's arms to try and pull myself back up so that was a bit chaotic for the first 200 metres, but then put the foot down and kind of got in the group that I thought I had to be in. Yeah, settled around that 10th position. I was kind of in the third group at the start. There was kind of the four guys out in front, and then there was two or three guys in like a chase back, and then there was a big third group. And we ran it pretty smartly, like we split. I think I'm pretty sure we would have negative split the second lap, and um, yeah, probably went from... I think we were 14 seconds behind Tom Thorpe in, um, he was in fourth at the time, with a couple of blokes in between us and him through halfway, and then we just worked pretty hard in that second lap to to pick up a few guys, pick up Thorpe, he stayed with us, he's a pretty quality guy, so we couldn't quite shake him when we picked him up. Um, I found one of those courses where I went from feeling really good to really bad, um, at different stages like there was times where I was like this is good I've got this under control I've got plenty left to then you know 60 seconds 90 seconds later thinking that you know you're in a bit of trouble and I think because because there was one big hill but there was just a lot of small hills and you just never got like as you said before it was just never flat where you could just relax and get some rhythm and um yeah I felt like one of the hardest cross-country races I've done in a while finishing on a hill is never good um, I did get up to fifth at one stage, but then just got out kicked in the home straight, and we were super tight. I think there was probably, yeah, six of us in the space of eight seconds. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was good to to get six. I don't think I've been higher in a XCR cross country race. I have on the roads. I've got a couple of thirds on the roads, but I've never gone higher than that in cross country. So it was good to be a part of that. Good to be a part of the Bendigo Bats taking the win again. Two wins from two rounds, and. Um, yeah, that was a good race. A couple, couple of comments. A couple of comments on the Strava. 199 steps a minute, your cadence. Was that it? is some serious cadence. Have you seen have you seen his easy runs? They're no <laughs> different. 199. <laughs> go and have a look. Go, and have, a look right. at, go and have a look at one of his um, just regular weekly runs. I've noticed that before as well. I'm like, how the hell is your cadence so high? For you know, running four forties. Looking at the end of it, two hundred and twenty-two steps a minute in yeah. the home straight. Andy cadence one hundred and seventy-seven. That can't be right, can it? 
I it's know. right. It will be right. You've just got really small legs. I'm a pretty small guy. Yeah, I did you struggle are. on that downhill, like that downhill. Like people were just flying down that downhill, and I'm just like, oh no way! That was like, that was scary going down that downhill. That big dipper, you know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. And then you had the, you had the, um, yeah. And they had very worried about my knee on that. Yeah, downhill. I can imagine. I'm <laughs> injured. It was 187 on this afternoon's run at four foot, running four forties for 30 yeah. minutes. <laughs> is this good? That boys? is some serious what? turnover. Yeah. You're taking about like. I reckon, well, well, if you did the math on it, every like, uh, well, every minute, I guess, you, I reckon the average out there would be like 170. I'm going to say that's the average kind of cadence. You're taking 29 steps more than everyone else every minute. Yeah, right. Get the steps that's in, boys. That's a lot of steps. You reckon this stuff's accurate? Where's it come from? My watch. You reckon you um, wear your shoes out quicker that way? Don't know. I've never paid any attention to cadence. I thought 100, is it 180 is the like magic one, magic number? Mm, no, some people have used that, but not really. Just whatever works for you, isn't it? Is that it? I was 180, this, I was 181 this afternoon. I was 183 for my Sunday run. I was even 184 in the warm up and we ran like five minute yeah. pace. <laughs> Both of you blokes, pretty small, high cadence. I, I'm, I'm basically like focusing on having a high cadence and I average 180 and that's me like consciously increasing my cadence a fair bit to normal to unload my knee. This and is like spikes as well. Like once you're hitting the ground, you're getting up like you are on your toes for 8K. Yeah, but you you do it on the roads too. Yeah, I'm sure I do actually, yeah, in heavy issues. Anyway, learned something about my cadence in this conversation tonight. <laughs> Second comment? Yep. But, Talk us through those stick-on tattoos you blokes had. Oh, yeah. I saw a photo of that. This was a real, real good laugh, laughing topic joke in the bus on the way home. Team, team director Nigel Preston organised those, so Bendigo oh. Bats tattoos. So um, I put... No yeah. kickback from the team going... No, nice. it was good. I put nice. mine in the same spot where you've got your Chico State one, Moose, because I'm like, <laughs> well, I've lived in Bendigo for like 25 years before I lived to a Chukamoama. Surely it means more to me than uh, your time in Chico State when you were there for two and a half weeks. Well, if, it means, if it means that much to you, you should actually get a real one. Oh, yeah, no, that's the plan. We've got to wait till we win the, get real ones. We're going to wait till we win the premiership first, then get the real ones. So this oh, is just yeah. like practice it. We all got allocated. We actually got a little plastic pocket with your tattoos for the season. So oh um, oh some boy. people use like three in the first race, and I'm like, mate, that's got to last you the whole season. What about the hype? What about the hype oh, around oh, these mate, bikes, Moose? Jamie Cook <laughs> comes up to me and goes, if I run for Geelong, you're not going to make me use these stupid fucking tattoos, are you? <laughs> he and good. I said, no, Jamie, welcome. Come across. This I was thinking about race. putting mine on my neck, but I'm like, yeah, I don't know if we can pull <laughs> that stuff off just in case. So, um, yeah, so it's a good opportunity to just practice where we're going to get the premiership once at the end of the year. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going to right bats. The lid's fully off. I jogged with the boys in uh, Bendigo the next morning. So I did my Sunday long run down there, did two hours, and a uh, huge pack. I reckon that was about 35, 40 down there. The lid's fully off down there. The season's, season's wrapped away, um, two from two. It, like We won everything, I think, as well. Like one Div 4, come first, second, and third in Div 7, and fourth, actually. First, second, third, fourth in Div 7. There was like the kids. Did you see the under-8 moose race? R- race moose? think that's what uh, I was trying to say Is that there. the family one? No, nah, the under-18 kids, like the boys race. Oh, right. Bats went no, like one, no, no. two, fifth, I think, across the oh, line. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, there's some good I'll, juniors um, coming through. We actually had the under-20 under twenty girls winner 
for us. Have you? Uh, I'm just opening yeah. that up now. Women's under twenty. Sky, Sky Alice. Alice. Yep. yep. So she actually or she very good. Sky had to um, had to endure a bus ride home with six blokes on the beers. Jeez. 18-year-old uh, <laughs> Sky handled it very well, actually, very well. That's a bit of team bonding. Yeah, she beat uh, Tully Rowe and Bendigo Bat. did beat Tully, pretty yeah. Good, pretty good runner, so um, that's a big win there for her. So, yeah, it was just good to be back part of it, good to be back in cross-country, good to be running for teams. And uh, But I'm sore. I'm real sore now. Like, I won't be going quicker than 4.30s for a couple of days, I don't think. So, um, yeah, that's that. Fit. What's he going to run in Launceston, Moose? 29, uh, 29.15. Jeez, oh, I'd be over the moon with 29.15. Well, you should be aiming for that, really. I'm just going to, I don't think I'm just going to turn my watch off and just race, I reckon. That's what I've been loving about cross country and switch off my brain. Like, I'm not, I don't need to see numbers. I didn't look at my watch at all on um, the races the last couple of weeks. Mm. Yeah. I reckon you'll run well down there. Yeah. Just got to manage this. Um, just manage, you know, just manage the fatigue the next couple of days. Don't get carried away. Like, the main focus is really just getting on start lines now, not trying to, like, gain fitness in between. Get a lot of fitness from this. From races, yeah. That's what I agree. So you don't need to be pushing the envelope midweek in workouts and stuff. Like, because, yeah, I didn't realize, but there's a race after, um, there's a race after Gold Coast as well. So I've actually got, I've got six races in seven weeks coming up. So, um, Yeah. I could easily break down somewhere there, so I've got to be smart. But anyway. One stop. workout, one race. That's how I would do it. Yeah, or long run. What do you one prioritize? One workout, one race, one long run. But you do the long run after the race on the Sunday? Yeah, you do. You do it okay. slow, though. You yeah. make sure of it. It's no croaker pace. It's easy pace. What about if you did race Saturday, long run Tuesday, workout Thursday, but a lighter workout? It could be done. It could work. I, mm. Yeah, maybe. Like I would just probably, threshold stuff, couple of I would want to do a, I'd get a better workout in. You can still yeah. get a long run after cross country. You just gotta make it easy. That's the question. Do you prioritise like a good long run or a good workout? And you're saying go the good workout and just do a time on feet recovery long run. Yeah, that's what I would do. Mm. That's it. Let's say to Patreon supporters, eh? Who you got, Crooks? I've got Tony Ronald this week. Tony lives in Labrador in Queensland, and he finished second at the Gold Coast 30-15K yesterday. Um, got some pretty solid PBs of 17.37 for 5K, 37.23 for 10, 82 for the half, and ran 3.11 for Melbourne Marathon back in 2015. Uh, has at least one child, possibly two. Lives in a beautiful part of the world, which will all be up that way in a couple of weeks. Um, was in Melbourne a few weeks ago, and he did the Alberto Park Park Run. So thanks for your support, uh, Tony. Got me excited I'm sure... looking at his Strava account, seeing the pictures of the beaches up there, the sunsets, mm. the sunrises. Like, yeah. yeah. Got, the course no, goes through there, doesn't it, Labrador? Yeah, yep. Yeah, no yeah. doubt he'll be running something up there on the Gold Coast, I'd imagine. Hopefully he's at the live show, Tony. Come say good day if you are. Croaks will buy you a beer. Yeah. Just Ooh. in your neck of the woods. I, you have, got I got Lockie Hills or Lockie Flagland. Hillis. Hillis. Was Hillis. it Hills or Hillis? Hillis. There's Hillis. another eye in there, Moose. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I have the worst eyes. <laughs> My glasses aren't doing enough for me. Lockie Hillis. Or, what does that mean? Or Flagland? That's just how he signed up on Patreon. Oh, okay. Hopefully it's not so, someone trying to stitch us up again with, like, fake names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was quickly pointed out. 
to me several times. I actually um, knew it, and I, that's why I gave it to you. I'm like, bullshit. You I, did not know. Uh, it. You ask, did not know. Ask it. my wife because on the Sunday I said to her, "I can't find anything on this person. I think it's this joke." And then she goes, "Oh, that's disgusting. You cannot bring that up on air if the other boys don't click." So yeah. I just sat here and I was like, "Yes, that is disgusting. I'm not going to bring it up." And then I started talking about Rod Dixon. Dixon, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> "Come on, boys." Straight over both uh, of your heads. I had, I, I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> uh, we were fools. Anyway, Lockie Hillis, Flagland, is from Edinburgh and in Adelaide. So he's from two places. He's run a 5K, 17.11, 10K in 36.23, a half marathon, 120.02, and a full marathon, 259.42. So he's just a little bit faster than Tony Ronald has recently been playing a bit of cricket, which isn't great for his running and, I might add, not great for his reputation. Cricketers, not the not the coolest dudes in the world. Looks to be quite good at cricket, though. Hmm. Good cricket is probably pretty cool. Has a start at London this October, so is about to get into the meaty stuff for that. Good luck. All the best, Lockie Hillis Flagland. I'm going to thank James Cox, also from uh, over that way, London, UK. 2031, that's his PB listed for 5K on Strava, but then his 10K PB, this is an estimated best. He's gone in and put these as his PBs. His 10K is then 36.35. So um, I'll be taking the first or second half of that 10K, which is much quicker than your 2031, James. Get that updated. Uh, 124 for the half and 250.30 at the Manchester Marathon a few weeks ago. That was the one that Ed Goddard ran, boys, probably two or three weeks ago. Oh, yeah. So uh, that was James and hasn't put anything on Strava since then. So I'm assuming that he's on a bit of a bender, had a good result, <laughs> had a big PB. Check out his splits. First half, 125.14. Second half, 125.16. So he's That's executed good. that pretty well. And uh, hopefully it's not a post-marathon injury, James, and hopefully you're just celebrating, having a bit of downtime, which is always a good thing to do post-marathon, enjoying all the other things in life before you're getting back into things. And uh, a massive thank you to you, Lockie, Tony, for your support of the Inside Running Podcast. Get the show early, get all the bonus content, more bonus content coming soon when I know the uh, World Champs and Commonwealth Games teams to start building some bonus content there, hopefully. And, um, yeah, that's highly appreciated from us anyone over there on patreon.com forward slash inside running podcast who supports the show so if this show brings you value you know where to find out the place to uh add some support let's talk about some running news boys prefontaine classic croaks you're all over the diamond leagues with your foxtail subscription mm, i was down the coast though this weekend oh. but um dad had ko sports so I, uh, and plus, it was perfect timing, really. It was like 6, six to 8 a.m. on Sunday morning. So um, I set the alarm to get up and watch this before my long run. Uh, so we'll start with the men's 5K. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't a super exciting race to watch because Arigawi, after about 2.5K, just took off. And it was basically him and Daylight second. So he ran 12.50. Um, and won by 16 seconds. Uh, Tafira was second and Borrega was third. Uh, from an Aussie point of view, we had Matt Ramston, who was sixth in 13.17, and Brett Robinson was seventh in 13.21. So um, there's only um, 11 finishes in that race. Um, do you watch it, Brady? 
I did. Same thing, Brad. We started the uh, long run at seven. So I saw the 5K. I was at my parents' house as well, hooking into my father's uh, Foxtel account. And I saw the 5K and the 1500 before I um, went. And it was uh, real anticlimactic. Like, even the crowds looked small, it looked wet, it looked uh, rainy. Like, when my mm. alarm went off, I was like, oh, yes, pretty classic before I get to go for the long run. And then when I turned it on, I was like, this doesn't seem like the usual pre classic. Yeah. yeah. And then the way the race went, like, you did hardly saw Brett or Ramsden. Yeah. Um, and I actually thought, I'm like, Aragawi could possibly lap them if they were having a bad day in a second, but just because you never knew where they were. And they both ran pretty solid, actually. Like, that'd be Ramsden's second, third fastest 5K. Has he gone yeah, much quicker than that? No, not not a lot. But I guess the question now is, so Ramsden is the Aussie champ. So if he can get the standard, he's an automatic for world champs and com games. But he's what, needs to take another four or so seconds off. Yeah, four um, and, and a half. And Brett is, was obviously trying to chase that time as well and, and, and doesn't have it. So, um, you know, I guess Ramson will keep chasing it, but does that mean Brett's done now from World Champs and Com Games' point of view? Well, I assume so because I'm inferring because he was um, added to the Launceston Elite Fields today. Yeah, I saw that in so, the half. Yeah, I assume he's coming home. Yeah, okay. Um, so that was the men's 5K, uh, women's 1500. Um, this was a pretty exciting race, actually, and fast. Um, so uh, Kip Yagon and Sege, it was a two-horse battle between those two. And, um, yeah, Kip Yagon won in 352, Sege second in 353. Jess Hull, she was fifth in 359, um, yeah, and managed to get over the top of Muir, um, yeah, who beat her the week before. So, But it was just different class, wasn't it, those two out in front? And set up pretty well. That's Pat Tiernan's fiance, I reckon, who was the pacemaker. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Angel. Um, they went through in 60, so they weren't mucking around that first lap. And same thing, it was hard to tell what that second pack and Jess Hull were doing because the coverage, they were just that bit behind. Like, yeah. you're really yeah. relying on seeing them in the background. Um, and then, uh, yeah, because I actually watched the finish, watched Jess cross the line without knowing the time. And I told the boys on the long run, I'm like, I think she's close to four, but I wasn't quite sure exactly what she ran. Which was that was her second time under four, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. The Olympics yeah. and now that, so she's in pretty close to PB shape. One second. And then, and then your comment last week about is there, you know, a better track runner than Jess, a better Australian track runner than Jess Hull at the moment, and mm. like she's she's going well, but like that just you know showed that like her versus the the top is still like a a bit of a way to make up, whereas in the men's Bowman Mile. Australian Ollie Hall finished second in 350.6 behind Jakob Ingebrigtsen, who ran 349. Like, um, he won quite easily, but Ollie was just so strong down the straight, managed to um, come over the top of um, Chariot and Kip Sang. So um, he took some big scalps in that race, and also Cole Hocker and um, Cooper Tier. So Ollie is just, you know, he's world class, and it doesn't matter what people are rolling he's going to be competitive you know in the last 100 meters of those of those big races you know, uh, did you see any, any footage yeah i watched it um on youtube someone put it up there but that reminded me remember that year that motram snagged that bronze at the world champs in helsinki yeah and just found, just found something with 30 meters to go when the kind of yeah. positions the podium's getting sorted out like that's that was kind of what that reminded me of. Like, he's got fight all the way through to the line. And I made the statement 
that he could he could medal world champs or con games. Yeah, and I, like I think it's my prediction as athlete as you know one to watch in two thousand twenty two as well. Remember, so <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. definitely winning that. He's uh, I guess all the strength work that he's been doing um, with Dathan Ritz and I, and like and that and that squad's really coming through because he was just so strong in the last hundred. But um, yeah, like once yeah, hopefully Stewie gets back. But at the moment, you'd have to say Ollie's the Ollie's the standout when it comes to Australian track runners. So you're telling me if you bought shares in Jess Jess Hull last week, you'd sell them for Ollie Hall shares? Oh well, I'd say Ollie's Ollie's share price has gone up. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah, over recent time. Close to the front. Jakob looked pretty easy. Yeah, he had. He's looking around like anyone challenging this, or yeah, he just looks. Just looks so smooth. Quote afterwards. Oh yeah. What was that? You can't be disappointed when people aren't good enough, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because because the question yeah. they, they asked, were you disappointed that people didn't go with you or go with the pace or whatever? And he's like, you know, you can't be mad, you can't be upset that people just aren't good enough, like you know, along <laughs> those lines. Yeah, it's like he's well, bored right now, and he's like, uh, let's create some rivalry. Yeah. Like let's let's play a bit of a character for a while. Yeah. Um, and I love it. I think it's brilliant because. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's world record for him. Like that's I think that's the you know, that's what he needs to be chasing. Because I, I can't see anybody beating him at the moment. Like he's just so dominant. Not after watching that. No. That was like child's play to him. He was mm. just toying with him the entire way. And was yeah. he was in front with what, five hundred, six hundred to go? Like he led a long way from home. Yeah. Yeah. And that was probably when the pace had dropped out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, only other result we'll cover is um, there was an international 1500 uh, on this at the same meet, and Charlie Hunter finished eighth. He ran 3:37, uh, which was a PB for him. It was a PB. Sam Tanner, New Zealander, got the win 3:35. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen coached, the race. Just saw the coached results. Coached by uh, Patron, is it Craig? Craig Kirkwood. Yep, correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Has he, he moved back to New Zealand too? Well, yeah, so I, I um, watched the interview that he did after the race and he said that that will now seal his place for Worlds, um, but he's going to head home, run Oceana Champs, Ooh. and then he's going to head back overseas for some more races in, like, July, I think. Because Oceanas are coming up, aren't they? Yeah, June. Okay. What date in June, do you know? Mm, early June, 7th, something That's like that, maybe. Must be next weekend then. This weekend coming. Yeah, so he's he's back. Uh, yeah, back down this way. He might do some damage there. Um, yeah, as I said, crowds look low, but there's some good performances there. And haven't they got like they've got this? They've got the world champs, and they have NCAA's. Yeah, I but think... you wonder. I wonder now, like that stadium is so huge. Like I don't know what the capacity mm. is, but do you think maybe the crowds look really low now just because the stadium's so big? I did think that, but then they had the banners over the top, like, stands to make it, like, you know, obviously no one can sit there, but then there was still no one in the lower stands. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was surprising. Right? That, that, I, I noticed that as well, especially when, it's like, it is such an iconic meet, you would expect to see more there. Mm. Maybe, though, people often, like, people often travel from around the U.S. to go to this meet. They're probably saving... For world their trip for later in the yeah, year. That's what Especially I was saying. Especially if it's a significant trip. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We'll see what happens the next meet they've got there. 
Um, just quickly whip through these individual results from uh, cross country where Moose and I were. Andy Buchanan got the win, 24-29. Andre Waring from Box Hill was second, 24-45. Seth O'Donnell from Mentone was third, 24-59. Uh, Bats got the win, 108. Western Athletic second, 105. Box Hill third, 218. And then the women's race, Moose, you would have caught a bit of this when you were packing up the marquee. Yeah, marquee. I watched this. Yep, Georgia Hansen out. From the gun in front, she won the race, 27-37. Melissa Duncan was second. Uh, changed clubs this round from... This year. Steven, oh, this year, was it? Since Stevens last year. 28-51. And Rachel McGuinness came through the field in the second lap to run a very strong race, 29-18 for third place. Glenn Huntley were the winners, 68 points. South Melbourne, 83 for second. And Melbourne Uni, 140. Uh, so, yeah, pretty good. Glenn Huntley uh, had a strong team without anyone in the top three. Glenn Huntley, yeah. So they that, that's what we're talking about with the points. So they had mm. first and second. Oh, sorry. Box Hill. Box Hill. Yeah. Box Hill had first and second, but they still finished fifth team because their fifth runner was uh, 89. So it shows how important a strong mm. team is over two or three strong individuals. With the um, depth. Where's Glenn Huntley had that, didn't they? Clearly, yeah, 68 points. Like, that's an average of uh, – well, they only had five in the women, right? Yeah, so, they have five, yeah. Um, that's like a significant point. Women – the women's race in cross country was quite a bit smaller. I'm not sure if you still got the results up, but you want to give the um, – I do, the, 149. Right, so that's like half the amount. Mm. That's Why is it half the amount? When at a fun run, women would make up – I'd say half to more than half of the amount. Very good question. Do you have any suggestions why? Uh, not really. No, I don't. I don't have any ideas about that. Like, what what could it be? What are we doing that's turning ladies off cross country? I don't think the comparison to fun runs, like, because you get a lot of that, like. It's it's how do they get the rec runners, the park runners, the fun runners, all the pe- those people to cross country? Yeah, but what's, be... why can't I compare that? Do sometimes do you think maybe sometimes the women feel a bit like intimidated, yeah, like a bit say, too elitist. a bit too elite? Yeah. Whereas, so what are we doing then to to make it feel like that? Yeah. Okay. And why did the men still rock up? Yeah. Yeah. Why are the men not intimidated by that? Yeah. It's a really. I actually have no idea. But I know. Yeah, I'm just thinking. There would be a lot of people, the, the examples I just made, who would love all to do those things that we're talking about, but would would not love putting in spikes and running through mud and uphills. And don't need um, spikes. You true, don't need them. True. I you didn't wear spikes. You, you didn't wear them. I, I don't. I actually, yeah. I'm not sure of the question, and it's a bigger question: How do they get more people, and how do they get bigger crowds? Um, how do they bring? Because these are still very good numbers to what we we're talking about last week with New South Wales. So it's a good product. Um, I, I think, like, my biggest suggestion is you've got to make the, the start line, or start time like 9.30 or 10 because... It's a whole day. It, mate, we, I mean, you know this. I'm I not complaining this. to a Benigo guy, even an Echuca guy, but I, we left the house at like 7.30 and didn't get home until probably 6.30. Hmm. That, yeah. that's, that's a day, right? And you're yeah. le- like, it's a hard thing to get over the line with family. Yep. And you're doing that times 10. Yeah, I mean, I would rather leave at like five 
and be back home at, at four or I mean even that's still rough but I would yeah I would rather like condense it shorten it somehow um, make it early in the day or, or late in the Arvo probably not late in the Arvo but early in the day should work out because you do it at Albert Park you do it at Burnley Half we know it can be done when that's when park run is on and that's when the fun runs are on so maybe that is an issue yeah but no one's doing park run and then coming and running cross country later no that's what i'm saying they're, they're going to those things instead of this yeah well because you can have your day you're either competing against them or you're not and i don't like yeah yeah well that's i i get what you're saying yeah yeah I got it. I so you've got to look at why are those num- things getting yeah, yeah, numbers yeah. and what can you copy. It was like the Strava segment. I thought having two Strava segments on course was a great idea. It's like, hey, this is something people like doing. Let's put two in a cross-country Yeah, course. that was cool. That was pretty fun. So there were uh, signs on, it, on the course yeah. croaks that said like Strava segment starts here and then Strava segment finishes here. Oh, that's cool. And you won prizes if you're like bottle of wine from the winery there if you had got the Strava segment. It's good bit idea. of music too. Bit of music out there. Bit of music, couple of Bluetooth speakers. Um, yep. I come third on the Strava segment, Moose. Should have mentioned that in my recap. Yeah, one second went, I got done by. Went hard up there. It was that you know that one that was at the end. I just got the he just got oh, the friendly G, like got the, the friendly very, GPS. Very yeah, right. What? Yeah, well that's the thing, isn't it? Because some of these segments were very short, croaks. Yeah, it's like it could be. Yeah, it, it, was, could a, be. it was a minute forty-six. Oh really? The, for the minute Strava 46? segment. That was no, there the, two Strava segments. Yeah, right? the, I definitely didn't get the one on the hill, but the one that was run the vines. You know, the last when you went up, yeah, just that was up a good and hill. Down, um, that was the one where the Strava segment was. I think they got it right though. Andy Buchanan won it with um, Sam Toll. I think they were equal, but there was okay. one guy who just jogged them both and then just tried to win the Strava segments for the day. Yeah, yeah, that was, I, and I think he did win the second one. I think he did. Yeah, so he um, Jake Stevens, I reckon it was. Yeah. Which, you know, if you want to go home with a bottle of wine, that's something you got to do. Anyway, so that's that. Uh, Croaks, Runaway, no, Moose, Runaway, Noosa Marathon. See these results? Yeah, I saw a bit. I saw a bit because uh, we have a message group with Louis McAfee. And Louis McAfee came second in the half. Uh, so we'll talk about the half to begin with. Um, Kieran Perkins won. He sells milk during the week. Runs half marathons and wins them on the weekend. 64-42 he won. He beat uh, Lewis McAfee by nine seconds. So pretty good race there. And then our friend Jared Clifford ran 64-56. So was just off the back of Lewis. So that was like a good three pack right there. I'm not sure if there's anyone else in that pack. But that's a solid cluster of finish finishes in a, mar- in a half marathon. Dave Ridley was next in 67-something, I think. So it was those three in that pack. Yeah, okay. So, oh, why did he run 67? Didn't he do mm. a threshold at like th- sub-three-minute pace during the, the week? The week before, I think. The Saturday before on Instagram. Uh, in the half marathon, Lisa Waitman cleaned up, ran 70-33. So a bit more spread out here. That's a solid run for Lisa. Second place. Vanessa Wilson, 76.16, and Murphy Rankin, who's 76.41. Um, there is a little note here to say that 68.48 is Lisa's PB. So uh, relevance of that note, Brady? Oh, just quick. to be like, it's, it's, I wasn't sure if she was doing it for, a, like, what is it, nearly two minutes off her quick 10K? Like, was this a workout? Was this marathon pace or something? I'm not sure. 
you know, I don't think she was going for a PB if she's ran 70-33. I was like, it's a bit of an in-between time. What did Kieran Perkins run at the Sydney 10? He won, didn't he? He won Sydney, Sydney 10. 10. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did he just dip under? Croaks, you were there. Was it 28.50-something? Yeah, 28.50. Yeah, 28.50-something. Same, um, same winners then. Uh, in the marathon, Wayne Spies ran 228 for the win, and Leah Fitzgerald 250 won the women's. Pretty flat course at Noosa, isn't it? Mm, just Is loop, it, like it loops, I think, like out, yeah. out, back, out, back. Four yeah. times, so it's like 10k loop. Uh, I'm not sure how long the loop is, or but yeah, it's it's, it's, yeah. it's flat. Like the only hills I'd imagine are just going over a couple of little bridges. Oh yeah, so it's out Noosa Parade and back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good place to run. It looks sweaty. Look that was about the time you beat Pat Tien in there. Um. <laughs> no, that was a different event. That was Noosa Bowl. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Same location. Same town, though. Talus Crokes. Yeah. yeah. Any new listeners out there? kicked me. Oh, that's right. And then there were some NCAA qualifiers from day three and four over in the States. There was a lot of them. Um, these are the ones I p- picked out to be of significance. Ed Trippers ran 833.9 for the steeple. Imogen Bar- Barrett ran 202.6. Anyone know anything about Imogen, boys? No, I don't. Life how someone just gone out there, Imogen, run 202, and it's just like this is a completely new name. That's amazing, wow. the depth in Australia. Adam Spencer ran 338. Uh, Cara Wilno ran 15.50. Zach Fiaccioni ran 13.44 for the 5K. Carly Thomas ran 203. And Kai Robinson ran 13.39. I think someone, I reckon it was me predicting that he was going to uh, lock mm. away that Com Games World Champs time, wasn't I, when he was running 13.20-ish? I was like, mm. he'll come down and run that 13.13. But um, it's not looking like that for Kai just yet. When's the qualifying period end? Have to be soon. I don't know, actually. Good question. Well, yeah, it's, concerning, I know yeah. it's I know it's still open because um, and he was twelfth in that race as well. Like he was winning a lot of stuff earlier in the season over there. Um, it is a good question because I I did ask Andy Buchanan running with him yesterday morning. I said, "Have you heard anything about Com Games?" And he's like, "No," nah, but the qualifying period is still open, so they must be if they're adding names to those teams, they must be waiting until it shuts. It but really the, wouldn't be hard to find out. Why don't you guys talk? I'll find out. But, You'll um, find out the date. Yeah. yeah. With these NCAA qualifiers, like a lot of the time it's just ticking the box to get to um, like nationals. Okay. So you don't know you don't know whether Kai was actually like rinsing himself here or just doing enough to qualify and potentially still in like heavy training. So oh, gotcha. um, whereas like I, I'd imagine obviously the nationals is the one that he'll want to want to try and win. Um, but unlike, well, who knows these days, but, you know, obviously it's going to be a championship race, so there's a chance that it won't be super, super fast. Mm. 12th of June, 12th of June for the Commonwealth Games team. Less than two weeks. Still a while, though. How many weeks until the actual Commonwealth Games? Um, Well, Com Games are August, isn't it? Yeah, don't put that on me. So, world champs, we have selection window... Uh, ends on June 26. I only ask because if you got to start doing the training, you'd want to... Look, it must be less than eight weeks, wouldn't it? To the Commonwealth Games Marathon? Oh, so to the Marathon. World Champs yeah. Marathon? Well, um, 28th of July to the 8th of August is Com Games. 
I'll tell you when it so is. You go, yeah, so you go 8th of August at the latest. That would only be nine weeks. Just trying yeah. to find. So, nine weeks, yeah. That's, yeah. Two-week taper in seven weeks training. Oh, and the World Champs is before that. Imagine if you go on to the World Champs and you don't know yet <laughs> to do a marathon. This is always the issue. It's definitely so that like must, getting... that must be six weeks. Yeah, yeah. Let me just find out about this marathon. Um, the marathon on Saturday, the 30th of July. 30th of July, so two months. Gee, you got to start training. I mean, you should already be training for it, really, if it's only two months away. Yeah. I would be, I, I mean, I would be, de- I would be two weeks into a specific phase if that was me. And in a potential hot race, like you'd want to be starting to do your heat protocols. Well, you'd want to be preparing for a marathon, not like Andy probably planning his cross-country season out. No, nah, he said he's going to start planning just in case he gets picked, start training for it. Well, he's eight weeks out. He, yeah. I mean, he's only he's eight weeks out, but he's only, what, two weeks back. Mm. That's a difficult yep. position to be. No, it's more than two can't weeks. Jump... It's two weeks oh. to Jails Park. And it's, about, oh, it's, it? five, okay. it's five weeks back now, I think. Five weeks? Five or four. Was there two weeks between Jails Park? No, I think it's five. All right, you'll yeah. be ready to go then. Goes quick, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's still not. It's not ideal. Like when we're talking, you know, these are, uh, you know, it's not. It's not a general fun run marathon. It's you know a couple of the biggest races, you know, that there are, and you're not finding out until, you know, short notice. It's yeah, it's certainly not not really fair on the athletes. Mm, I agree. I don't think it's professional. Is it? Yeah. No. Anyway, Croaks, listen to question. Uh, okay, it comes from Joe this week. Hi, team. You often encourage running in groups and the benefit it provides for both your progress and general enjoyment of the sport. Any tips on how to make this work slash fit in when you have an individual set program from a coach? Thanks, Joe. It's a, it's a good question. Good question because groups are good, mm. as she said that we said. Just repeated that. I have uh, one of my athletes, he trains in a group on a Tuesday night up in Queensland and he'll send me a message on the Monday night let me know what the workout is and then I will send him what paces or how many reps to do of that workout so he can still do it as a group um, mm-hmm. because I think that's more important than going to the same location and doing your own workout solo. So that's how I've made it work. Um, in Pretty the, much that's exactly how you do it. Yep, yeah. so I would agree with that. You, you bend for the group unless it's like you have a race that weekend or you're recovering from something, yep. you, you you bend for the group. And he did race this weekend, just gone actually, and I planned in his final surge. I'm like, you're not going to the group Tuesday night because I want you to have the extra day of recovery. Um, we'll go to the group and jog. Yeah, like, do the warm-up, cool down yeah. with him, stuff like that, yeah. yeah. You'll be part of it, but just don't do their workout. Do the workout, yep. So I've, had, yeah. I've had people attend like one session a week with a group and they'll do something similar they'll tell me what the session is and like at the end of the day like most running groups slash coaches like the sessions are very similar or they're targeting a certain sort of energy system so Mm. whatever session that um he does with the group i'll prescribe the paces but then the other session for the week will be something to complement what he's done with that group so obviously if he's doing like short reps with the group then it'll be longer threshold type stuff that he'll do on his own. And it so. sometimes gets tricky when one week the group, say on a Tuesday, will do threshold stuff and then the next week they'll do VO2 stuff. 
Mm. And it's like, so yeah, it'd be good to get in that system where you're like, okay, that's your speed thing for the week. I'll let you know your paces or how many reps to do. Um, but yeah, then it's just a bit of thinking around planning to make sure you're hitting different systems to complement it, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. You want a, you want a consistent routine for the group, don't you? That's, that helps plan around it. Yeah. And you want to have, and, and then one of the questions I asked him as well is like, you know, who does write these group sessions? Like you want to know that they're, they're decent sessions coming at you. Um, because if they're not Joe, that's when you could potentially be doing your solo stuff if it's something that uh, isn't fantastic. Mm, yeah. Yeah, well, that's you get an idea after a few weeks when you start seeing yeah. the workouts. <laughs> um, if they're not enough, you can always add a little more. But like, most of the yeah. time they are, like Brad said. Like if people have got their own groups, they usually know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Good question, Joe. Thanks to today's sponsor, Running Heroes, the free app that rewards you for running. Did you know that Running Heroes has given out hundreds of thousands of dollars in prizes over the last five years to thousands of winners just for running? Simply download the free app, connect your Garmin or other activity tracker, and enter the free challenges for your chance to win amazing prizes from watches to running shoes to holidays. Plus, Running Heroes is running an exclusive challenge just for our Inside Running podcast listeners. You could score one of two $100 Sportitude vouchers by joining the free challenge and completing a total of 50Ks of running between June 6th and June 19th. You can enter the challenge for free via the link in our show notes or via our Instagram page with the link in bio. Train and talk, Croaks, you want to give us a quick one? Uh, yep. So I'll just talk through, um, it's a session that I've done a few times now on the treadmill, but you can also do it outside, but it's three sets of eight minutes tempo, two minutes hard, 90 seconds jog. So for me, I do the tempo, um, yeah, at about 60 minute race pace, actually on the, on the treadmill, I've been doing it slightly slower than what I've been doing my six minute reps at off a minute recovery. Then my two minute hard is probably close to like 10 K effort. And then the 90-second jog is to feel, but I do try and actually keep jogging at a decent pace. So it's not sort of walking recovery. So for me, it's it's four-minute kilometres. Um, so about a minute a K slower than what I'm running the, um, the two minutes hard at. So what I like about this, especially when I'm doing it on the treadmill, is it breaks, 90, uh, breaks 30 minutes up pretty um, pretty quickly because you've just got that constant change of stimulus. Another thing I like about it is after you've run two minutes hard of the first set, once you then go back to eight minute tempo pace, that feels a lot more efficient and comfortable than if I was to just to do 30 minutes straight tempo. Um, and I guess from a physiological point of view, the good thing about it is you, you do that sort of tempo and then you spike the heart rate, a bit of lactic in the two minutes, and then you're trying to clear it in the 90 seconds and also into that next um, eight-minute tempo. So uh, a few variations of this, if because that, that's 33 minutes worth of running. Um, I get some people just to do six minutes tempo, then two minutes hard, 90 seconds jog. Um, yeah, so that's that's one that I enjoy doing. Um, it's just fun. It's just fun change, changing paces, I find. Who would you suggest it to, Bradley? um people training for what oh like i think it well 5k upwards like it's yeah and and it's also a good way of getting a decent amount of volume in touching on a little bit of speed but without you know you don't sort of you know i get six minutes of really hard running in the 33 minutes so yeah you guys done anything you've done something similar to this don't you do like yeah yeah 
We've done this before. This was one that, I mean, you said, uh, I, you said you didn't know where you saw it, but I reckon Ali gave me this one first and after she was already giving her athletes this, this session and um, I hadn't done it before that. So that was where I first saw it. She, uh, she, she told me to do it one day. We were six, six, yeah, six minutes, minutes into two minutes into a jog. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, and then sometimes it goes like eight minutes with a jog, two minutes with a jog. So if someone's not quite, um, I'm going to say advanced with their running, they, they might need to have a little jog after the threshold, but they can still change paces after that jog. Uh, and you're going to get a very similar benefit from it. But yeah, I've, I, I enjoy this session. It's good to keep the brakes on, knowing that you have something harder to, to get up for at the end of the interval. And I, the, look, the, for me, I really enjoy the second and third sets of this because after you've done that first two-minute hard, everything feels easy again after that. Like going back to tempo pace feels really, really comfortable. Um, the one thing I would suggest for this session is erring on the side of caution for the tempo. Like you want the mm. two minutes, you want the two minutes to be hard, but you also want it to be under control. Whereas if you're running that, if you're running the tempo bit too hard. You can then really bury yourself in the two minutes, um, and yeah, you, know, you don't really then recover in the jog. Um, the other, the other, I guess, slight variation is if you run the te- if you're running the tempo a little bit quicker, then make the 90 second jog like a dawdle. Whereas I, I actually try and keep it flowing a fair bit, um, which means I don't run the tempo quite as hard. Yeah, I've overcooked the tempo on this before mm. or the threshold. Um, yeah, you want to feel like when that time's up, you're like you're itching at the bit to go, yeah. not like pushing the pace to try and hit a certain time. Better to make that slower than faster. Yeah, as I said, I go so when I'm doing my six minute reps, which are around that sort of what I think I could hold for about sixty minutes, I generally run my temp, my eight minute tempo on the treadmill about five seconds a k slower than what I'm doing um, for the six minute reps. Yeah, good. Love that. Add it to your diary, ladies and gents. Have a crack at it. DM Croaks to let you know, let him know how you went. Uh, Hit him up. Hit him up and slide into the DMs. Uh, What's coming up, boys? Anything at your end? Moose, what are you doing? Back home this week after your time in Melbourne. Bendio, you been everywhere? Yeah, it'd be nice to calm down for a little bit. Uh, What am I doing this week? No, not a lot. Just, um, I do have a purchase this week, though. You didn't let me tell you. Yeah, finally. Purchase of the week. Sorry. I I found something significant to talk about. And it's been a long time since I've purchased a piece of like apparel that has been a bit been a game changer. But I'm sitting here in my Patagonia fleece tracksuit pants, and I've never put on anything so comfortable. I've bought a lot of apparel where it's like, yeah, yeah, looks okay, feels pretty good, functions well. Like I've got a rain jacket that's very good, you know, Gore-Tex one, very cool. Gore-Tex rain jacket and that functions really well that impresses me because of that but these pants they are so comfortable and warm well I've got a lot of cotton tracksuit pants I'm sure Brad you rock the, the tracksuit pants on a daily basis up there oh, I love tracksuit yeah, pants uh, yeah three stripes down the side maybe some pins in them no, um, might, have, might have from Target yeah cotton though and comfortable because they're, they're cotton yeah. They're loose, baggy, like not restrictive. 
But if you go on all fleece tracksuit pant, you are going into another realm of comfort. So, it's very baggy. I'm just looking at a picture of them. They're called the um, T-Snap. Yeah, Snap T, yeah. actually. Zachary, Something if you're like listening that. to this, can you uh, invoice Patagonia, thanks? Okay. <laughs> it's the first time he's done a purchase of the week of something he doesn't stock. <laughs> yeah. no, I do stock Patagonia. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But I don't stock this particular pant. That's why I got him. I got him on our account, and it's like, oh, hello. <laughs> but Patagonia actually makes some very quality running gear that we stock. You should see these shorts they got. Running I made shorts. A, I made I a purchase of the week, Brady. I purchased off Moose. Oh, you Get got some of those things? Yeah, got them just before I headed to the coast. I actually yeah. purchased some of those things last week as well, actually, because my auntie gave me a Rebel Sports gift voucher, like, for my birthday in December. And I'm like, oh, I've got to get rid of that now. Moose has recommended these things. So, um, yeah, I got some of those tights as well. They're good. Just, just triggered, tr- triggered well, Moose. I didn't use my own money. I had to get rid of the voucher. What do you expect me to do? Chuck well, it in the, the bin? Why the fuck is in your auntie or whatever buying vouchers from me? Oh, well, I tell you what. I was, we you sell got, vouchers. Yeah, but she's like a Bendigo person. She wouldn't even know your store exists. Well, what she doesn't ask you, hey, Brady, what can I get you? And you oh, say, she just, run a company, Geelong. I, I told her, I'm like, you probably don't need to buy 34-year-olds like birthday presents anymore. No, you do. You just so, got to get them vouchers like, yeah. through our store. So, yeah. You Everyone's gotta, a winner. I was talking to the boys on Sunday, Moose. I reckon you've got to start one in Bendigo, running company Bendigo. Like, there's a big boom going on down there. Like, yeah, you, you well. Have, you have shoes walking out the door. Get I am it. like I am very popular in Bendigo, aren't I? On uh, the long run, seemed like you chat about us for a while. Yeah, the beast likes to talk about me. <laughs> yeah, probably not good associating your name to the store. But you just get Andy Buchanan's picture on the wall. You'll be right. Shoes will walk out the door. Tights, Patagonian well, why tracksuit why pants. Come open it, mate. You've I'm a school no teacher. Mate. Got no, got no. I'm a school teacher. <laughs> You're a casual relief teacher. Not anymore. I haven't been doing that the last. I've been the last two years. I've had a job. Well, you're a part-time worker. Yeah, I'm there. I'm a, I'm a learning enhancement teacher. That's my official role, I think. I I'll come open it. You run it. And then I don't know what I'm doing. Work, I'm not running can it. work there. <laughs> Drive down from Canberra. Crokes <laughs> can do the cleaning. Anyway, uh, something else is coming up. The Rabat Diamond League. That's on this week. The Oceania Champs are on. Our live show is also coming up in a couple of weeks, five weeks as well at the Gold Coast. So if you want to buy a ticket to that, snap one up. They're going quick. Uh, Croaks, what are you doing? Uh, trying to stay warm. Yeah, um, shocking week weather-wise. Yeah, and then, yeah, bit of training. Won't be anything crazy this week, given Launceston's less than two weeks away. Mm. So, how long are you going for on, how long are you running Sunday? Hour 45 I've got. Mm. My week's not locked in, though. I don't know when I'm, because I don't know, I don't think I can work out until Thursday. Like, I'm in what big trouble. I'm so what sore. Oh, you're sore, yeah. It yeah, is. yeah. So don't not, push that. Yeah, don't push that at all. So, I'm thinking of doing Wednesday. I think I'm doing Wednesday night session, just like a light treadmill one, and then maybe like a midweek long on Thursday, and then something a bit longer, a session long, a longer session Saturday, and then just yeah, hour forty five or so on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, Might work. That'd be good. Yeah, see, so see Moose in person one week, and then two weeks later you in person. That'd be good. Oh, boys exactly. getting together. Moose, what are you doing? Anything? Nah, I'm um, no. I'm actually running with your mate tomorrow, Moose. He's in a chuka. Boy called Ferg. You know him? Ferg, yes. He'll be out there in his personal helicopter. He just sent me a message saying he's in a chuka for work. What's he do no, for a job? Uh, he works for some big property like, like, what do you call him? Magnate? Is that oh, the word? really? Yeah, around Ballarat. They own everything, mate. Ferg owns his own bloody petrol station. He's come up to buy a chuka, Moama, you think? Oh, he would. 
he wouldn't just he would be buying like the town next to it. He'll be buying Moama. Okay. That's what he'd be doing. He catch it. He'd be in a helicopter up there. Really? No shit. Yeah, these, I think his boss has a helicopter. Okay. Anyway, he's in town. Yeah. Running with him. Make him morning. pay for the coffee tomorrow morning. Might do that. Yeah, looking forward to that now. Free coffee on a Tuesday morning. All right, boys, we're done. See you next week. Thanks, for listeners. Have a good week. See you. Bye. See ya. Thanks again to our sponsor this week, Running Heroes. Don't forget to download the free Running Heroes app and join our Inside Running Podcast Challenge on Running Heroes for your chance to win one of $200 Sportitude vouchers and plenty of other prizes with their epic challenges.